Jim, I know that you get really confused by acronyms, don't I do, you? I do. So because of your confusion, AMT rebranded their entire conference because they you, knew AMT. that you don't like them. No problem. So they have rebranded the GFMC conference oh, yeah, to the would... MT Forecast Conference. Well, that's not too bad. They cut off two letters and added a forecast to it, which is probably pretty good because I bet you the forecast is all about forecasting, yep, right? Now you know exactly what it's all about. So it's the place to go if you want to talk to your peers and understand from their perspective what the future of manufacturing is. Well, we all want to make good decisions on our business going forward. And I believe that through powerful networking, we can make good, resourceful decisions based on what our peers and the leaders, the speakers that are going to be there that have that crystal ball that can kind of tell us and guide us in that direction. Absolutely. And if you want to attend the MT Forecast Conference, it's going to be October 10th through the 12th at the JW Marriott in Indianapolis, Indiana. And if you register by September 17th, you get to save $125. Sounds good. MTForecast.com. Bam. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging. But if you are connected to a community of leaders... You can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Jim Carr. Jim, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. We're here at DMDII. We're so close to the city, and I just, I just heard the jets go over the roof. I know. My wife just texted me a photo of her and my son at the beach because they have the rehearsal of the air and water show going on today. Yeah. Big event in Chicago this weekend. And when we had our place downtown, my wife and I used to go and hang out on Oak Street Beach and watch it on the beach. It was awesome. Yeah. It's quite the scene. And speaking of air... You have manufacturing news that's completely related to that, don't you? I do. And it's quite interesting because Carr is doing a little bit of work now. Well, quite a bit of work now in defense, DOD. Yeah, you're getting, it's kind of a new kind industry of a, for you to get into, which is, is great. So this caught my attention. This got me excited. It says the 2019 National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA. They always have to do an acronym. Oh, that's the government for you. Yeah. Inc- I think they invented acronyms, didn't they? I think they did. I think USA, they did. it started with that. Yeah. President Trump just signed a $717 billion, billion, with a B, budget for the Department of Defense, calling the act the most significant investment in our military and our war fighters in modern history. Wow. I know. That's huge. That's huge. You know what they also call the Department of Defense? What's that? The DOD. Yeah. Yeah. Put that in your acronym book. I know I'm doing work for the DOD, so yeah, that one's that one's definitely. We're gonna come out with the Making Chips Guide to Acronyms in the future. (laughs) That would be great. I love it, but I think it's great. I think that this current administration is is all about that. It just so happens to be benefiting. Don't they call them like military hawks or something like that? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't, don't know. I don't get into politics too much, but yeah. I don't either, but I'm awfully glad that they are going to make this investment in, in our defense. We need to be a strong country. And if it certainly helps manufacturing, I'm going to be smiling. I actually had a conversation, this is several years ago, with a company that made metal dowel pins. And throughout the history of the company, he, this gentleman that owned the business was telling me how at one point in time, and I don't know which war it was, 
everybody was making, you know, military stuff. And he said, I think it was the toy manufacturer Mattel. He said, there's actually, I don't know what kind of components they were, whether it was rifles or what, but if, if you could find a rifle that has Mattel on it, it's actually worth a lot of money because oh, it's kidding. kind of ironic that, you know, the, this toy manufacturer and, and, ho- and hopefully that's who it is actually has parts on from one of the world wars, like antique parts that have their name on it. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. And just I did finish this up. It just says, uh, I'm reading the, la- the last paragraph of the article. It's from Forbes, by the way. It says, with the 2019 NDAA budget in place, weapons systems orders will go up significantly. Manufacturers and the military will prepare the next generation of war machines for land, sea, and air defense. And there's another one right now, if you can hear it. The supply chains and domestic expertise needed to design, build, and staff these systems will be strengthened as our military readiness improves. Well, I mean, here in this area, we are definitely a large percentage of the military spending that goes on. I know there's a lot of firearms that are that are manufactured in this, you know, Midwestern area. So I wonder how long of a period of time that that 717 billion goes for because that's going to be a lot of work. That's a lot of for work. the manufacturing leaders that's out there. That's a lot there. of work. And and not that I'm all rah 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 like we're going to make stuff to kill people, but you no, know, it's it's all good because if car is busy, if Zangers is busy, it's going to ma- create more discretionary income so people can go out to restaurants and lounges and take vacations. It just, it makes our, the health of our economy much more better. Yeah, that's interesting. And you know, they keep, uh, the economists that I follow keep talking about a recession that's supposed to be happening. It was supposed to be 2019. Now I'm hearing like 2020 keeps getting pushed out and maybe it's just going to skip manufacturing. Oh, maybe man, everybody else is going to have a recession and, and it's going to skip over us. That would be nice. I'd be, I'd nice. be very happy with that. But I, I think that's a little too wishful of thinking, but we'll see. We'll see. You never know. Just be prepared. So Jason, tell me, you know, it's all about changing the way we do our efficiencies at our respective companies. What are you doing at Zangers lately to increase your throughput and your efficiencies of how you and your people engage and and work together and and work with your customers more importantly? Actually, during our state of the company that we had a week ago, I actually talked about that very thing. And we are, as I know you are, we're upgrading, changing, going on to a new ERP system because we want to elevate our customer experience. And one of the reasons that we're looking to do that is that we want to have, I guess for lack of a better term, a Amazon-like experience for our customers online. And we want to be able to manage in a CRM system our customer relationships better so that our team is very aligned and we can have a better customer experience. And we're definitely moving in that direction. And we're what you would call, I I guess, I, I always hate to use like insider terms like this, but we're what, what you call like a like kind of omni experience company. So we do vending machines and we do integrated supply and we have one of the coolest tool showrooms in the country as you've been to several times. And sometimes when you have so many different ways that you interact with the customer, it makes it difficult to manage all those. So we're upgrading our ERP system so that we can have a better customer experience in the future and we don't have to integrate all these different systems together. So I'm really looking forward to it. And that's a good segue to the interview that 
I just did that you're going to listen to. For the first time, my son Ryan is going to be on the show because Ryan- Yeah, that's Ryan, awesome. Ryan's Ryan, a smart guy. He, can I call him a guy or is he still a kid? I think you can call him a guy. Okay. He's 26 years old. He's very knowledgeable and he's just getting better all the time and I'm super proud of him. But I had him on the show because he was the, the impetus behind investing in this new software called ProShop from Paul Van Meter. And I'm um, excited to hear about it because you're not the only client of mine that is on this software system. And everybody that I've talked to about it loves it. And it is doing that same thing for you that I'm looking for myself is that mm-hmm. you're trying to create this you know, ubiquitous ERP system to run your company. And you want to go with somebody that understands job shops when exactly. you do that. Let's listen to it now. <laughs> Hey, Jason, you know, I was looking at the IMTS site. As a matter of fact, I'm on there right now, and it looks like they're going to be having these awesome educational conferences coming up. I'm looking, Manufacturing Process Innovations, Additive Alternate Manufacturing, Plant Operations, that's a new one, Automation Robotics, Quality, Inspection, Metrology, and Industry 4.0. This is all about educating the future generation and equipping and inspiring the existing baby boomer generation to be more smarter about the manufacturing industry. Yeah, I really think that you can go to IMTS in September and just make a decision at that time based on their education series and say, here are the things that we're going to do in this next year just based on the education you receive from IMTS. It really can set a manufacturing company up for success in the new year. Yeah, if you haven't already, get to imts.com, register. It's September 9th through the 15th, McCormick Place, downtown Chicago. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here from Making Chips. So glad you could tune in to a very, very special episode of Making Chips. I think you're going to be excited to finally hear the voice of my offspring. My son Ryan is here in the studio with me today for the first time. This is an exclusive. He is here to help share our story of the selection process and implementation of a new full-spectrum ERP system that we we decided to recently go with ProShop ERP. And we also have Paul Van Meter, the founder of ProShop, here in our studios with us. If you'll remember, Paul was on episode number 98, and he talked about his passion for the industry and how he was one of the founding partners of the ProShop ERP system. And It's going to be an absolutely informative episode, and I hope that we can equip and inspire you to make good decisions going forward. And always remember that Jason and I are here to answer any questions you may have with regards to any issues you have in your shop. So with that, I would like to go ahead and introduce Ryan Carr. Ryan Carr is a young millennial that, of course, he's my son. He decided to join the business full-time in 2014, 
after a four-year term at DePaul University here in downtown Chicago. He graduated cum laude with a bachelor's degree in business management, concentrated at entrepreneurship. Wow, what, what, what do you know? And a minor in marketing. So I kind of like him a little bit more because he's a marketing guy as well. Currently, he is our official operations manager at Car Machine and Tool. He's our lead programmer and CNC programmer. And of course, he started out as a CNC operator. He's been doing a pretty good job for the company over the last four years. And Ryan has got some great work ethics. It must have been his parenting because he comes to work every day and he's helping lead the company in a new direction. Ryan, welcome to Making Chips, man. First time ever. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It only took you two and a half years after starting the podcast with Jason, but here I am. It's so. good to have you. It's good to share our story with the Metalworking Nation because be there's here. there's a lot of people out there that are in the same shoes as us. They have the challenges of owning and operating a small manufacturing company. And based on the last few years of what we've heard, Jason and I getting feedback, we're all in this together. So, Ryan, I'm just going to jump right in. Car Machine and Tool certainly is not your grandfather's machine shop anymore, is it? No, no, it's not. It, it is not. I struggle trying to bridge that gap between what my dad instilled in me and the leadership skills he, he gave me and the drive to succeed and what you have. So I'm, I'm just trying to pull it through and make the company run a little bit better. Yep. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. How am I doing so far? So far, so good. Good, good. Thank you for answering <laughs> No major that. complaints. No major complaints. But I would say on or around the 1st of 2018, you came to me and you said, Dad, what the heck are we going to do with this old, antiquated ERP system, this major ERP system, a manufacturing ERP system that we've been using for over 20 years? Why don't you share that story of how that came about? Well, I think right when I started full-time at CAR, I knew that we needed an ERP system to help run our business more smoothly and rely on it for an every day-to-day -day basis. So I kind of dove into our previous ERP system that we had at the time, tried getting some training in there. It was not user-friendly to what I liked. It wasn't intuitive at all. I knew it was a little bit antiquated. So after uh, some trial and errors there, I kind of put it to bed as I went more into the shop. And then after you talked to Paul... Episode 98, yeah, right. And episode 98, you introduced it to me, and then I kind of looked into it a little bit more. Yeah. I really liked what I saw, and I saw how it could just revolutionize the way we do business at CAR. And from there, it just kind of took off. I remember that discussion really vividly, and we were sitting in our little conference area, I could see the panic in your eyes and you're like, man, we really need to move the needle on the company. Yep. And with you potentially moving into a leadership role and hopefully someday you'll take over the company, I felt like that there was a significant necessity to have this new powerful software there to move the company forward. But of course, being that I'm a middle-aged baby boomer, I was afraid of change, as we all are. All of us manufacturing owners out there that have been in the business for decades are afraid to make change because it's going to take a little bit of effort. Oh, yeah. So 
you're right. I did bring in Paul, and he talked to you and Linda, our office manager. I wasn't even there that day that Paul actually came in. Nope. And the next production meeting we had, I said, hey, tell me, how was that meeting with you and Linda? And you both said what? Basically, it kind of blew us away on every aspect. And I think it really impacted Linda a lot on all the order entry. And I was already a little introduced to it before that meeting, I believe. So it was good to see how she reacted to it and her different perspective from what I took on it. But overall, it was just something that we knew we needed to change. And I have to be honest with you, I wasn't ready to flip the switch yet. Right. Until that next week, we were in our production meeting and I said, share with me your experience with Paul. Tell me how you felt about it. And it was really overwhelming. I could feel this sense of urgency that you guys were, were sharing with me how important it was that we need to do this. So that was the solution. The problem is how we were going to get there. Like a lot of us out there, you know, we were doing a lot of extra entry. So I would typically quote all the jobs using a Google Sheet or an Excel doc. We'd have a typical spreadsheet set up, and then I would transfer those dollars. The formulas would be embedded into the sheet. I would transfer the price after I've determined it all, cost, labor, outside services. We'd put it into a Word doc. We'd submit it to the customer. Linda would take the Word doc. She'd enter it into our ERP system. And then we wait. Once we get the order, then she would have to process the job in our ERP system, go through all the print stages, stamping the print, acknowledging, doing everything else. There was so much redundancy in what we were doing. We had documents. We didn't even know where we had documents at. It was a lot, a lot of entry over and over of the same thing. So what ProShop looked like at that time, because we hadn't been using it, all you have to do is enter the information once into the system and every step of the process, all that data is pulled through. So what were you seeing, Ryan, when you were thinking that we needed to make this change? Well, I think it was more shop-based than operational-based. I saw that it was a good way for everyone in the shop to store all their files, store all their notes, store the CAM file, everything that the shop does on a hard paper or on the print that's used to get stored in the file cabinet, now it's stored in one central location that every single person in the company can access and read and monitor. So that's really what it was. And Ryan is right. There was a lot of paper being pushed around our office and we were stamping and writing on the paper. And, we and really oh, you ordered the wrong material. What order did we material? What material did we order last time? Yeah, share with the metalworking nation how we used to do that. What Every time we'd get a, a new job or reorder, we, we don't even know what material we, we would, used. Yeah, we would have to dig through old purchase orders to try and find, oh, is that the right job that we did last time? Oh, is that the right material? And we would just keep be running around in circles trying to verify what was the correct material and what material do we actually want. But now with ProShop, it's, it's all right there underneath the part level. It's, that's the material for that job specifically, and it follows every job every time you create a new work order. Absolutely. So basically what I found was after Lyndon Ryan validated ProShop, I had to come back and, and say, you know, it's really time for me, the owner and the leader of the company, to push myself and my company out of our comfort zone because as you all know, change is not easy, and I knew there was going to be some effort in the entire company to make this sophisticated change. 
And based on talking with Paul multiple times, I decided to finally flip the switch and we haven't fully implemented it a hundred percent. Well, I would say we're about a hundred percent right now. We, we've stopped using the other ERP system, right? That's correct. Yeah. So I would say we're into it for about what, four months right now? From the time we yeah, really started using four. it, that we started interfacing, we started doing the training, it took us about four months to turn off the other one and start new with this. So before I get too far, I want to share a little bit about why I thought ProShop was aligned with Car Machine and Tool and the reason why. So what I'd like to do is introduce into the conversation Paul Van Meter. He is the co-founder of ProShop Systems. Paul was a guest on the show back on episode 98. So if you want to listen to it, it's makingchips.com forward slash 98. Paul went to college at Boston University for one year studying mechanical engineering, and then he transferred to Western Washington University and has a BS in industrial technology there. He partnered with some undergrads and built three race cars for the Formula SAE. They machined nearly all the parts on the school's CNC machines with aluminum donated from Boeing. Good for you, Paul. That machining experience inspired them to open a machine shop together. They self-funded a new CNC with a second mortgage from one of the partners. They were aggressive about being high-tech, paperless, process-driven, employee-focused, marketing and customer-driven, and very lean. It was a formula that worked and grew very quickly for many years, up to about 75 staff, and $11 million in sales. With that, I want to introduce Paul Van Meter to Making Chips for his second time around. Paul, it's great to have you back in Chicago from the West Coast. Thank you very much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks. I really enjoy it. So, Paul, share with us a little bit about, you know, you were this college grad running a machine shop. You had successes. But then all of a sudden, something flipped and you said, you know, I think that we're going to just go for it with this software. No, it was a very organic process. When we started our company, like you said, we funded our first uh, machine from a second mortgage. We opened a tiny little 2,000 square foot shop and we just started using Excel and QuickBooks to basically to run the shop. We made spreadsheets just like you do with quoting. And, and about three years in, we were about a dozen people. And we realized that Excel just was not going to scale. So we had all the major ERP software companies come and give us demos, you know, share with us what they what their products were like. And to be honest, we were just totally underwhelmed by what they were showing us. You know, we were already doing more advanced things using Excel than they were showing us. There were so many aspects about running our company that they didn't even begin to touch like first articles and in-process inspection and cutting tool management and even work instructions, right? They expected you to use, you know, Word documents or PDF files to build your work instructions. And so we were always do-it-yourself kind of guys, and we decided to hire a full-time software developer and just start writing a system just for ourselves. And to be honest, we had no intentions of ever selling it. It was just out of necessity. Over several years, though, it became more mature, got ISO certified. We built all the functionality for managing our certification. Right. That's a, a big thing. A couple of years later, we got AS9100 certified, which is a big step, built all that in, all the traceability. And at one point, our biggest customer 
who had seen Pro Shop on a number of visits, they approached us and asked us to sell it to them. Your and biggest customer. Our biggest machine shop customer. And actually their sort of main shop production manager came and worked for us part-time on Fridays for several months. And he went back to their owners and he said, hey, you've got to see the system. They were using a pretty old traditional ERP system. Right. It was it was not working for them. So they approached us. They said, hey, we want you to sell us Pro Shop. We said, no way. It's not for sale. Um, it's just for us. <laughs> but they were our biggest customer. Customers are always right. And with a little arm twisting, we finally said, all right, we'll give it a shot. And that was in 2008. Did you sell that to them? We or did. did you, or you it. gave it? It was at a discount because yeah. it was our very first customer. Right. We didn't know what we were doing. Right. And the results they got just blew us all away. There were 35 people at the time. Okay. Approximately $8 million in sales. And they were able to free up almost 10% of their overhead staff within a few weeks. They had two full-time expediters they didn't need anymore. They had people doing planning work that they freed up to do other jobs. And then they've subsequently grown to about 40 people, but doing $18 million in revenue. Wow. wow. With 40 people. So they just told us a few months ago, they'd probably think they would need about 10 more staff if they weren't using ProShop. Congratulations on that. So th that Those are the things that get you excited, I bet, when you hear success stories like that. Absolutely. I just got an email this morning from I, a shop that emailed me. He said, hey, I need two more two more shop seats. And I said, you know, congratulations, Chris. That's awesome on, this, on the growth. He wrote me right back. He said, yeah, we've gone from three people to 14 people in the last 12 months, and we could not have done it without ProShop. That's crazy. It feels so good to help companies like that because I feel like, the metalworking nation, the, the owners of metalworking companies, they're the heroes of our economy. The economy drives off of taking, you know, raw materials and turning them to high precision value added products, right? You can't Absolutely. run an economy just selling lattes or insurance. It's got to be <laughs> value You're speaking creation. my language. You gotta, you gotta I know. We talk about it all the time on making chips. Not everybody in this world can be a bartender and a barista, right? Sure. But at the same time, it's one of the hardest businesses you could possibly run. Right. When you quote a job, you got one chance to get it right and a thousand chances to lose money on it. You it's know? all risk. Yeah. Machines are expensive. Employees are have to be skilled. They're hard to find. It's a really hard business. And companies need every tool they can get to have the best chance of success. After that first customer, your customer took that seat of the software, bought it from you, yep. and started finding success. Then what happened? Did other people start coming to your they, or did you have an aha moment? Did a light bulb go off in your head? Well, they referred us to a couple other small shops that they also worked with. Okay. Suppliers for them who weren't performing as well as they would like. So they said, hey, why don't you try using ProShop so you can be a better supplier for us? Did it a couple more times. And when they had great success as well, that's when we, we looked at each other and we said, you know what, guys, I think we have an opportunity here to really help the metalworking nation, to, to help the manufacturing industry in the country. And we decided to sell our machine shop and go into the software business. Wow. And bring us up to date with how well ProShop is doing now. Did I just see something the other day on social about ProShop is rated the number one manufacturing ERP system? It is. You know, there's lots of software review websites out right. there. Softwareadvice.com is one of them and Captera is one of them. And yeah, we were the highest ranked in terms of recommendations and usability on both of those sites out of all the manufacturing ERP systems out there. That Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. It is awesome. It's funny. I think that was one of the big things that drove us to Pro Shop is the fact that the system is so aligned with what a true machine shop does in the day-to-day -day business. So 
I just want to highlight a couple of the things that I've learned. And again, believe me, we're only in by about four months right now. I would say my part is only about 30% so far educated, but what I'm using it for is all the estimating. And I'm seeing that we are significantly minimizing redundancy of data entry and just throughput. And like Ryan said just a minute ago, everything is on the cloud. Everything is on the, attached to that work order, to that part. W- Ryan, why don't you share with us one of the things that you were just like blown away with as far as functionality? One of the main things that I like about ProShop is before using ProShop, we had all of our files for every job stored on just our normal Windows-based server with all our files and our pictures for the setups and program files. But now, since it's in ProShop, it's all in one place. Everyone can access it. There's no redundancy in what file was the most recent or anything. You could put clear-cut instructions on every single part. What do you mean clear-cut instructions? Whether it's... Like, give us an example. Put the part in a six-inch vise on this tall parallels. Yeah, type it in. Okay. It also could read through your G-code, and based on what written descriptions you put in your master cam, it'll decipher that into ProShop and say, this tool mills the outside profile, mills an inside pocket, finishes this bore, the next tool spots all these holes for this size and these locations. And whatever you put in MasterCam, it'll decipher that and tell you like a sequence of tools. And what I, didn't know it, I didn't even know it could do that. Oh, See, yeah. that's why I asked you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. I think for me, what really was great was the fact that once you're working within ProShop for all the material ordering and everything is attached, we're not looking where is that Google Doc, where is that Google Sheet. It was really cumbersome the way we were doing it before. Now everything's internalized and it has really easy accessibility. Yeah, we were we were spread pretty thin on many different softwares and worksheets and stuff like that. Right. We just got a new order yesterday from one of our customers. It was about 20 line items. And I thought, I'm just going to enter this all in. So I entered the job in ProShop yesterday. And at the end of yesterday, I said to Ryan, I'm like, did you tell Matt that we got that nice order and he's going to be working a little bit of overtime in the next few weeks on that job? And he goes, Dad, he already pulled the prints up in ProShop and was looking at them and asking me how we're going to start machining it. And I'm like... That is exactly what I wanted to happen. We're engaging everybody in the company to be thought leaders and forward thinking. So the minute I uploaded those prints into ProShop, he got a notification in his inbox saying we got the new order from that customer. He had pulled up the prints and was already on top of it thinking how he was going to do it. That really was an aha moment for me. Why don't you share with us, Paul, because you know a little bit more about this than I do. One of the things that attracted me to Pro Shop was the integration of ISO and AS9100 because we've got like 15 binders across our company filled with papers and documentation and it confuses me. The fact is we can take all those binders and throw them in the trash gets me excited. I don't know yet how we're going to do the audit process with our auditor in the future, but why don't you share with us a little bit about the tips and tricks about using ISO within ProShop? You're right. Having quality be totally integrated with the rest of the system is absolutely essential. And most systems 
like your old one, didn't really have that included. Nothing. The demands from customers these days are so intense. You know, they're requiring different certifications and reports and all the certifications and traceability and all that. And it's it's really critical. So when our company got certified, we didn't want to have it be a separate system. So we just started building in that process. I knew you have a big wall of file cabinets right at the end of your office. Right. <laughs> I'll be excited when you can free that up someday. Yeah. So yeah, we have modules to document basically everything that's in those binders from your quality procedures to your tasks, your work instructions, org chart. your training, your org chart, all the things that you need to document. And we also have a standards module, which is where you would enter in all the standards and actually it's already pre-filled in yours, right. with the, with the ISO standard and the AS9100 Rev-D standard. And we have a really cool system that some of our guys developed where you can create a series of hyperlinks from the requirements of the standard that point into your quality system and show an auditor exactly where you meet that requirement of the standard. We call it our requirement fulfillment locations. Awesome. So it basically creates a hyperlink, a, a mesh of hyperlinks from the standards, and you can be certified to multiple standards. Like you guys got the 14,001 standard, right? And the 18,001, yeah. Yep. It makes the auditing process literally about three times faster. We had a this is a 100% true story. We had a customer put ProShop in. About six months later, they were getting certified to AS9100 Rev-C for the very first time. The auditor showed up at their company, and there was a widespread power outage in the area. They had no electricity in their shop. Oh, my God. I and know everything was in ProShop. So they picked up the server because they did a local on-premise server instead of the cloud. Uh -huh. They picked up the server. They went to a hotel room nearby that had power. They sat there with the auditor, plugged it into the TV, and they did their entire AS audit from the hotel room, and they passed with flying colors. Oh, that. They could show <laughs> that the, is awesome. They could show the auditor 100% of what they needed to see right there on the screen. That's a success story in itself. Yeah, and I didn't even know that story until a few months later, and I was just blown away. I was so happy to hear that. <laughs> and this is the, the, the real crux of it. Most quality systems, and this is probably true for you, when it's in paper binders and it's sitting on a shelf, it can't be an effective tool to continuously drive improvement in your company, right? It's sitting there. It's fairly static. The process, the, the business cost of changing your processes to do something better and more efficient is really high, right? You need to open the Word document. You need to make the changes. You need to submit it around for approval. You need to go pull all the paper copies that already exist out there, make sure they get you know shredded or obsoleted. And in ProShop, and you'll see this once you start getting into that part of the system, if you want to make a change to your process, like how you do order entry or how you do first articles, you can very quickly in just a couple of minutes create a draft rev of it right in ProShop make the changes, submit it for approval, have the approver uh, approve it, and automatically it rolls the rev, alerts everybody to the change, and it only takes a few minutes. It really does. So it the quality system becomes an effective tool for driving continuous improvement in the company. And that's what ISO is really about. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But right. it's generally not used that way. By the way, Luke was fantastic. I shout out to Luke for coming in. He spent three days with us on site and trained the entire team. He, he was just a joy to have in our facility. And Luke, of course, is a hands-on machine shop 
owner at one time. He understands our pains and he speaks our language. So it was great to have him there with us during the implementation process. And he's always available every time I chat him up and say, let's do a really quick Google Hangout and I got a problem and I'm going to share my screen with you. But I think that what I want to drive home to any of the people out there thinking about switching or, or using a new ERP system is don't expect it to be easy. No matter what you do, it's going to take some effort on your part. And you're gonna have to you're gonna have to push yourself out of your comfort zone and really think differently about the way you're processing your orders. But with that, you know, nothing is perfect. Sure, of course. And we do see that there's some improvements, some areas for improvement for, for ProShop. And, you know, ProShop isn't really elegant. And and you and I have shared that offline at mm-hmm. a, you know some other places. The, the way our quotes looked yep. were not the way the ProShop quotes looked. And you're constantly working on developing new ways to present the quotes in other areas, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We have four full-time developers that are just receiving input from our customers and working through the long list of features that we even listed up when we owned ProCNC, our machine shop. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a much longer list of things than we could possibly get through. I can um, imagine. You know, and so we're continuously just pushing ourselves to make the software better, engage with our customers on what they need. Every shop is different. Every shop has slightly different needs and wants. And we covered a surprising amount of it because we were in the trenches and we were getting feedback from our machinists and our inspectors and our estimators. But again, yeah, we're, we're always looking to make it better. I was listening to a podcast called Masters of Scale about how tech companies scale and grow huge. And I was pleased to hear one, one of the Silicon Valley guys say, if you're not a little bit embarrassed by your product, then you're going too slowly. And there are definitely some aspects about ProShop that need refinement, right? To make it a little more elegant. But, right. you know, we feel like we've built the foundation, the DNA you have. as deeply as it can from a, a job shop experience. And now we're putting the polishing touches, a little bit of lipstick and stuff. Right. On make it. it a little sexier. <laughs> yes. Like you said, nothing's perfect. And the great thing about being on the cloud is we are constantly getting all those updates as they're developed. Is that right? Sure. Is that how that works? Yep, it is. Yeah. Can you buy ProShop without a subscription? Can you just buy it either way? Yeah, there's there's two questions to ask. One is, are you going to buy the seats or are you going to subscribe? Right. And most people do subscriptions because it's way less money up front. Mm-hmm. But some people just seem to be opposed to the idea of subscribing, so they buy and okay. we, we sell them the seats. And then you can also do ProShop delivered via the cloud where it's on our servers, or you can put it on premise. Some customers for the reasons of they just don't have good enough internet access out in their shops, or they, they're not allowed to do cloud-based things because they're doing, defense, customers. Because they're doing defense work yeah. or something. There's a level of security yeah, there, right? They can do on-premise. Right. But even when they do, it's 100% web-based. We basically implement a local cloud server inside their company walls, and then they just use web browsers to, to access the, the system. Smart. So Ryan, I you know we're just about out of time here, so I want to push back on you a little bit <laughs> and hear what your own personal goals are for ProShop in the next three months. What do you want to see 
us implement and what kind of goals do you have for us as a company running this dynamic new ERP system that has all these efficiencies and throughput? Well, from what we've been talking about with our new customer prospects that we're seeing, I definitely think getting up to speed with all the quality stuff, the ISO and the AS9100 is just imperative. I think by the end of the year, that should that should be happening. I also really want to kind of dive into the tooling module just so we could track all the tools, where they are in the shop, what machines are yeah, using. Yeah, explain that a little bit too, because that's a that's a feature that is just, wow, it's really robust. Yeah, but basically when all said and done, you should be able to track what tools uh, are required for each job, and you can even dive down as deep as where those tools are in the shop and what machine those tools are running on. Like they're in the number five Mazak or the number... 10 Haas, you would actually know where it's at in production right now. Yeah. That one particular tool. Yep, absolutely. Wow, that's fantastic. And then you can forecast, and this is one of the important parts, so many shops have downtime on their machines because they run out of tools or they don't have the right ones. No kidding. Because you know the tools that are in each job, you can forecast the demand based on customer orders and predict and make sure you always have enough tools. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. So just wrapping this up because we could talk about this all day long, I just want everyone to know that this is really a journey for Car Machine and Tool, and I welcome you to reach out to me during our journey and I'll be happy to share with you our experiences and successes and failures with the the new implementation. And if there's anything that I can do to help you choose a new ERP system that's the right fit for your company, I'd be more than willing to do that. Of course, Paul is here representing ProShop, and he'd be more than happy to introduce you to the brand. If you want, you can go on ProShopERP.com and learn a little bit more about the system. With that, I think we have really equipped and inspired today. And like my dad always used to tell me when I was growing up in the shop, Jim, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Hey, Metalworking Nation, if you want more information on this dynamic, full-spectrum, and powerful ERP system to run your machine shop, go to makingchips.com forward slash pro shop. That's slash P-R-O-S-H-O-P. And there should be some information there for you to connect with us. Bam. That was a great interview, Jim. And, Thank you. and you know what? It's so interesting how we're running along these parallel paths in our business. And I'll tell you what, I could I could hear the excitement in Ryan's voice, and I'm glad that he's taking the risk to do something big for the business and he's putting his name on it. I think that that says a lot and it says a lot for his future to his you know commitment. be able to run his commitment and being able to run, you know, car machine in the future. Yeah, I just want people to know that if we're running these small manufacturing companies, it is difficult to make big decisions like this, especially expensive decisions. And just know that we're all sharing this pain together. And the fact is, if you don't change today, your competition will, and they're going to be running a more competitive oh, company than you. You, I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that that is such an important thing to think about because I have seen companies in the past that they're like, you know, I just can't spend the money on a CNC machine. 
And those companies are out of business. They really are. You know, and you really need to look at what are the redundancies in your business? Where are people handling paper when they shouldn't be handling paper? Where are people asking multiple questions and wasting each other's time when they could just log into the system and and see something for themselves and not have to bother someone else or having meetings in order to have discussions about things that don't they don't need to have meetings about all those things are such huge time and money wasters and right now in the manufacturing industry we need to be more efficient we need to be more productive it's all about streamlining the process yes. and having everything in one place yes and again, I keep reiterating it, but it, it is hard and it do, it's going to take some effort, but you guys got to do it and flip the switch and make the commitment. Well, I would say before, dive you into flip, it. before you flip the switch and make the commitment, think about where you are spinning your wheels, where you are wasting people's times and really say, how could we make improvements? Like, you know, think like pie in the sky vision. So like if I had the perfect ERP system, what would my workflow look like? And right. see if there is a system such as ProShop that can match up with that workflow. Well, that's how they developed it. They were running a machine shop, and that's that's how they developed the software. But this was recorded a few weeks ago, and I've made leaps and bounds in the last few weeks in, in learning about how the system works. And I, I can rattle off an estimate now really quick. So That's great. There's But there's so many other components to it. It's pretty full spectrum, but I'll get there. I'll yes. get there. With that, with regards to what my dad used to tell me, if you're not making chips... You're not making money. Bam. As always, thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time. Literally about three times faster. Uh, if a customer or an auditor... Yeah, but the auditor is still going to charge two days. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because there's yeah, like a two-day minimum. Yes. I mean, whether or not they can get it in and out in two hours, they're still going to charge two days.